Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. that you're here. If you have your Bibles, would you take them however you get your Bible, whether in book form or online on an app or a smart device, go ahead and open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to begin at verse 5 and go through verse 10. So Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, See God, I have come to do your will, O God. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, see, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is the word of God for the people of God, and our response is, thanks be to God. We're still in this series uh, that we're calling Christmas Letters, the Epistles of Advent, and if this is your first Sunday with us, uh, what we're doing is we're following what's called the lectionary, and the lectionary is a series of readings that uh, churches, churches that are typically more formal than we are, uh, they read these together, but The church universal, the church body, we read these passages. One is that Old Testament passage that Paul read for us. One is a psalm, which we didn't get to today. One is the gospel passage that the Everts family read for us. And then the letters, the epistle, a letter from the New Testament. And um, I just thought, well, you know, the letters kind of always get left out because we're so excited about these prophetic passages in the Old Testament and the gospel reading that tell the story of, of the coming of Jesus. And so we're kind of dialing down and looking really intently at these letters. And today we come to a very strange one, the letter to the Hebrews. And it reminds me, or it reminded me as I was thinking about how to prepare for this message, it reminded me of a time when Lori and I were living in Ireland. And Lori was just about to get to the point in her pregnancy with Jackson that we wouldn't be able or the doctors wouldn't recommend airplane travel. And so we said, well, what can we do? Um, It's pretty cheap to travel around Europe uh, when you're living there and earning on the British pound. And so we decided we would take one last trip, just the two of us, and go to Paris. So we did. It was like 50 bucks to get to Paris on an airplane and then found a cheap hotel. And we would just walk around until Lori's pregnant legs said, I've walked enough. 
And uh, on the way back, we'd get, uh, you know, a baguette and we'd get some nice cheese and fruit and go back to our hotel room and eat. It was a lovely, lovely time. Well, one time her legs were tired and we were pretty far away and we knew we needed to take the train to get back to where the, the neighborhood where our hotel was problem is, is we didn't really understand or didn't know, uh, and of course we didn't speak French. Now, I had planned somewhat ahead. I had a, a friend uh, who spoke French fluently, and I said, can you please write out phonetically in English for me how to pronounce saying to someone, I'm sorry, excuse me, my French is really bad. Do you by any chance speak English? And they did, and I had used it a couple of times. It was really good. And, uh, and so we were trying to, looking at the map, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder and kind of did one of these, you know, like motioned, or, do you know where you're going? And I took out my piece of paper, and I started trying to, to say what it, and they just looked at me. And so I just pointed where we needed to go, and he looked at me, and he said, which I assume meant this is not where you need to be. And he said, and he pointed me up the stairs, and we walked up the stairs, and we're kind of, oh, what is this all about? We walk up the stairs, and he points down, and you can see another one, and he's pointed. And we understood, that's the station you need. Get on the train in that station. And we did, and we got there, and we got on the right train, and we got back to where we needed to go. We didn't have to understand all the culture. We didn't understand language, but we knew exactly where we were going. Today, probably and maybe while I was reading this passage, you are probably wondering, where are we going with this? Because there is a whole lot of culture right here that is a barrier between where we are in the 21st century and where the writer of Hebrews was trying to write to Hebrew people, Israelites, Jewish folks. And he was trying to help them either to understand what this Jesus faith was all about, that it comes out of the Jewish faith, faith, but that Jesus is superior in so many ways. But he talks in their language. They use so much of the Old Testament. In fact, a lot of the phrases that the writer puts in Jesus' mouth is from Psalm 40. And there is just a whole lot about animal sacrifices and offerings and sin offerings. And I could spend a lot of time trying to get us back into that culture and help you see how all of this works out. And believe me, this week I have wrestled with how do I do that for you. But I think today I'm going to take an example from my French friends who I didn't even get to say thank you to. And I just want to point where we're going. Because I think it's wrapped up in this very last verse that we have there. And it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Now, what does this mean for us? Uh, I, 
we're going to back up here. What I want to say is, if we're going somewhere, here's it. Here's the theme. Here's the thrust of where we're going with that passage. I want you to see this. You may want to take a picture of it, or if you have something to write with, you may want to open and write it down. Where we are going today, what you need to understand from this letter from Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, is that Jesus completed everything necessary to make you and to make me capable of cooperation with God's commitment to rescue the world through love if i were to just kind of try and boil all that down into one statement there it is jesus completed everything necessary to make you and me capable of cooperation with god's commitment to rescue the world through love See, that was the hope of that sacrificial system that was going on, that God would partner with a group of people, and in order for them to partner together, there were ways that they needed to operate together, and there was a system that helped them. But the problem with the system was that it never changed the intention of the hearts. And what the writer of Hebrews is trying to get these folks back then and for us today to understand is that Jesus, when He came and when He offered Himself, He did everything. He completed everything necessary to make you capable, to change the intentions, to make you capable of cooperating with God's commitment to rescue the world through love. That can happen for you. That can happen for me. And what we see in this is in that last verse. And there's one word in there that's a little bit religious. We may need some help with it. Jesus lovingly gave his body as a sacrifice to sanctify your body for God's loving service. Did you hear that? We're distilling it down even a little further. Jesus lovingly gave his body as a sacrifice to sanctify your body for God's loving service. Our verse again. And it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Let's look at this word, sanctify. That's the one I think that that is hard for us to understand. But let's have one Greek lesson, okay? Just one. Just one today. One Greek lesson. The Greek word for we are sanctified is hagiosmenoi. You want to say that, don't you? It just rolls off the tongue. One, two, three, hagiosmenoi. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, two, three, hagiosmenoi. Try it one more time so you dream about it in your Christmas dreams. Ready? One, two, three, hagiosmenoi. And hagiosmenoi, of course, means we are sanctified. It is the, uh, it is the, the plural form of the first person, we. We are sanctified, or we have been sanctified, but sanctified means to cleanse externally and internally and to be set apart for God's purposes. Let me say that again. To be sanctified is to be cleansed externally and internally and to be set apart for God's purposes. Purposes. The sacrificial system dealt with that kind of external part of, of things. But when Jesus offered his body, it uh, made provisions so that 
the external and the internal can be cleansed and then be set apart for God's purposes. That Jesus completed everything necessary to make you and me capable of cooperation with God's commitment to rescue the world through love. That Jesus lovingly offered his body in order to sanctify your body for God's loving service in the world. God didn't make you clean just to set you up on a shelf and to say, oh, look how clean they are. Jesus lovingly gave his body so that your body could be set apart and then used for his purposes in the world. Today, I wanted us to just kind of get into this passage and get into the flow of this so that we could begin to see what does this look like today. And I want to use the metaphor today of a, uh, of a body. Is that okay? Jesus gave his body to sanctify, to cleanse externally and internally and set you apart for God's purposes. And so I thought this would be a good way for us to understand Body. What does it mean to be set aside for God's purposes? What does it look like in your body? And so we're going to look at four things that do this. And I'm going to have some help today. Because the first thing we see, that B, represents that breakthroughs, when we surrender our bodies and we surrender our lives to God's cleansing work, in, inside, externally and internally, to be set aside for God's purposes in the world, our breakthroughs become blessings for someone else. Over these last few months, I've had the opportunity to get to know John and Gwen Steenhoven and uh, hear their story. John and Gwen uh, started coming because their grandson goes to our We Care, and uh, Gary and Anna Goodsell, I think, mentioned to them, and or somehow they, they all ended up here. And it's been great to get to know you guys and to be a part of that. But John and Gwen have a great story about a breakthrough that became a blessing for something and the way that God got a hold of John. And so I'm going to ask them, I've asked them to come and they're going to share some with us today. I think we'll just, uh, we'll pull these over here and we have some microphones for them. If you guys would come, would you welcome John and Gwen Steenhoven today? We've got some mics for you. You guys have seats. I'll just sit here and I'm going to listen to the story again because I've heard it. John goes first. Testing. (laughs) Jesus saved my life. Twice, actually. I grew up in a Catholic church, but a non-spiritual and dysfunctional family. I knew nothing about real faith and no one I knew ever discussed God, the Lord. My childhood was dark. My parents remained married, but there was no love in the household. I had no loving relationships, not in my family, friends, or anywhere else. At a particular bad moment in high school, through a haze of drugs, alcohol, I was suicidal. Cried out to Jesus for help. I had no reason to call out for him. I definitely had no relationship with him or even had a clue to what that really was. Our family had not attended church in several years at this point. Yet, he reached down, saved me from my own physical destruction. He warmed my heart, gave me peace. 
He did, the, he did this all on his own without using any human intervention. Knowing I wouldn't last much longer in this lifestyle and geographic area, I left the state on purpose to attend a university. I knew I had to get away from my family, my corrupt friends, lifestyle, and start my life over. So at age 17, I enrolled in college. I felt my faith grow over time, but I did not know Jesus personally. After college, I was blessed with a wife, a good job, and eventually three beautiful children. I quickly progressed up the corporate ladder with a large company and was proud of myself. I was really making something out of myself at a quite young age, but the more successful I became, the further I grew away from the Lord. The more he blessed me, the more sinful I became. I hadn't forgot what he did for me. I just didn't need him anymore. I can take it from here. What did I need him for anyway? He got me back on my feet. I just didn't have a clue. Finally, he took drastic measures. He took away my job I had for 10 years. And then having the utmost confidence in myself, I knew I would quickly find new employment. But the Lord had other plans for me. I had been chasing the almighty dollar for a long time. Was darn good at it. I knew absolutely I could weather the storm through hard work, patience, strong ethics, great attitude. I could do no wrong. Seeing that I did not turn to him, he decided to take everything else away. My wealth, my credit, my confidence, my self-respect. It took almost five years to recognize that God had wanted something. He wanted me. He wanted a relationship. He blessed me once, and I messed it up. I couldn't get enough credit now to buy a pencil. Now he took away even my ability to get a job. It felt like the Lord had his foot on my throat, and every now and then he chucked to see if I was ready to give up. No? Okay, I'll put my foot back. (laughs) And he was not going to let up until I gave up. So when... Finally, absolutely, I had no other options besides him. I finally did give up. I took all my frustrations, my pride, everything, I gave it to the Lord Jesus Christ. I gave him my whole heart, not just part of it. This was an all or nothing kind of thing. Jesus, I can't run my life anymore. You're now taking over and leading my life. I give up. My life is now your life, and it's completely in your hands. Take it. It's yours, I said angrily. My pride was so huge. I remember actually shaking my fists at heaven. Fine. Take it. I was dragged, kicking and screaming into the kingdom. I just didn't get it. But you know what? The Lord is quite amazing. Soon after this, the Lord moved the hearts of two different families to give, as in free, our family an automobile right when we needed it, at a time when no one knew that we needed transportation desperately. We had no money. We didn't have any credit. One vehicle came to us within hours of both of our vehicles permanently breaking down. I remember getting on my knees, looking to heaven and saying, okay, God, 
You want me to trust you? Please take care of my family. We didn't call anyone. No one knew. And boom, a car appeared a few hours later. I just stood there staring at this automobile in utter disbelief. Jesus changed my life. But this was just the beginning. My kids and I went to church. My wife stayed at home. Heather, my oldest, came to know Christ in 1999. But my wife, that we had both joined a cult, she wept. I was really scared. Um, I really thought they, they had joined a cult, that they actually drank the Kool-Aid. Because I, the first time I finally got to church, which was probably six, eight months after all of this, um, Heather had gone to a youth retreat, and she accepted the Lord that weekend. And the youth pastor came up, and she was a beautiful lady, and she wore this white dress, and she came running in, and she sat down, and poof, her dress kind of laid on John's lap a little bit. And then he, she did kind of like one of these, I got something to tell you, and I'm like, touching my husband. <laughs> you know, what are you doing, you know? And she shared that Heather accepted the Lord, and everybody's crying, happy, and I'm going, gosh, what's going on, you know? And so um, I started to ask questions to John. And John was a neophyte. I mean, he didn't really know much about the Bible. He just knew that God saved him, and that was it. And so um, he couldn't answer the questions. So finally, um, what I did, what happened eventually, that I got mentored by my pastor, Pastor Mark, and um, we had met weekly. And he said, I just want you to read the Bible. And I said, okay. Well, we got asses talking to people. We've got people that are sacrificing babies. I'm like, who would, who would worship a God like this? You guys are nuts, you know. So um, after I, about six months, I actually went through the whole Bible, and he and I met and stuff like that. And I said, you know, my, the, the biggest thing that I had was the biggest problem I had to get, the biggest hurdle I had to get over was he's not here. God's not here. How, how can anybody worship somebody you can't see, you can't eat with, you can't, you know, watch the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show or something? You know what I mean? They, how can anybody want to worship, especially with all the other things that was in the Bible? And he, you know, he just was very patient with me and stuff. Well, then I had the weirdest thing happen to me. I was driving to work, and I drove the same pattern, and it was kind of an industrial area, and I was passing this one building that was brick. And as you know, brick has got different types of color tones to it and this word fast kind of illuminated out of the brick and I was like oh, I never noticed that that's kind of weird and so um, I went to work and be, we were in the nurses um, lounge and there was a newspaper there and what do I see in big bold letters fast what? well there it is again you know later on that evening I'm giving medicine out and what do you think is inside one of the words of this medicine? But the word fast. And I thought, this is so really bizarre because it was so illuminated. It was so bold and stuff like that. And so I talked to Pastor Mark, and I just said, you know, I had this weird thing happen to me. And I said, this word fast came up. Now, I read it in the Bible, but I mean, I mean, what is all this and stuff? He says, well, sounds like God is trying to tell you that maybe you should consider fasting. I was like, you nuts. I said, this body needs nutrition. <laughs> I got to keep these happy hips very happy, all right? <laughs> so um, I ended up fasting. I went on a fasting weekend at Pokagon State Park, 
and a uh, pastor had given me his Bible, and it was pretty new, and he said, yeah, just here. He says, I want you to try to be open. Try to just pretend that he's right there in front of you, and just thank him for the things that are around you. It could be anything from the grass or whatever and stuff, and so I did that. I remember walking through the grass. It was really green because it was summer. I was in the lake there, and the lake was nice and warm, and it was very soothing, and I just remember starting to think about the cellular level of things and how small that is and how we know that in the midst of the unanimous or the how big magnanimous the universe is and stuff. And I thought, well, it's kind of weird that I'm going down this path, but hey, I'm just by myself and I'm not eating, you know. So, <laughs> so it was the second day and I remember reading, I was in Psalms and stuff like this. And I, wasn't, I wasn't starting to feel very good. So I made, I made myself some cup of tea. And it slipped from my hand, and it poured into this pastor's new Bible. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the pastor's Bible. I just ruined the pastor's Bible. And I took my fist and went up like this, and I said, what do you want from me? He says, I just want you. That's all. I just want you. You don't need to do anything. I just want you. And I was like, wait a minute, I heard a voice, <laughs> you know, and I was like, this is really strange. And so the rest of the weekend was kind of solemn for me because I was like, what do I do with this, you know? Well, then that week, when I, I came home like that Sunday, that week, John's grandmother passed away and she lived in Minnesota and he left. You have to understand, I grew up on the south side of Chicago during the riot eras. So when he wasn't around, I was scared. And so when at nighttime, the doors were, like, locked. I would put a chair up underneath the door jam. Um, the lights were on in every room. I slept with the phone because I was really scared. But you know what? I didn't do it this time. I didn't even think about doing it this time. And I realized after he had been gone and I hadn't done that, that I had a peace that did transcend all understanding because I had lived with so much fear because of those riot era times that I experienced. And I knew, then I knew that I knew that I knew it was God. I knew it was God. So I talked to my pastor about that. I accepted the Lord then. And it wasn't within weeks. I started mentoring women. And I mentored a small group of women. I mentored a couple. Uh, one guy was Jewish that was married to a, no, the wife was Jewish and the man was a Catholic uh, he, he had Catholic upbringing and stuff, so I mentored them. Um, I just started mentoring an individual, too, Kim, you know. And we all grew together, and we all, you know, grew in our faith. Some accepted the Lord because of that. One lady who, the Jewish lady, did accept Jesus. Um, and it was a couple years later she had passed. And, and we all celebrated knowing that she's in heaven right now with Jesus and our Lord. Um, then Mark said, Pastor Mark said, you know what, I think you need to pray about this. And he handed me this pamphlet, and it says, are you called to ministry? I thought, yeah, right, you know, come on. Um, so I prayed a week, and I said, ain't happening. <laughs> no, not me. So um, I went on another prayer fast weekend, and that came up, and God was very clear, I want you to go into ministry. So we pulled up stakes, and we went to Asbury Theological Seminary, um, spent four and a half years down there, came back, and I didn't get appointment anywhere, but really think, um, because I worked in ICU as a nurse for so long that there has been a lot of seeds that I got to plant with, can, with God's help. So the blessing just keeps on keep going. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. That the breakthrough that God had in John's life led to the blessing of your family. And then that led to a breakthrough in your life, which led to the blessing of the way you were able to mentor those people. And then have another breakthrough that led to some blessing of going out for training, and this beautifully leads into our next our next point, which is that opportunities become offering. And you guys had some great opportunities. Can we say thank you to Gwen and John for sharing their story with us? Thank you, guys. Thank you. And and these opportunities now become offerings. And just one simple way, because I want us to, to continue on and, and get through these before we head out for our dinners and get ready for our Christmas week. Those breakthroughs became blessings in their family. And now those are extended. And those opportunities that were, they were given now become offerings for others. And one way we're going to see this, just a quick, simple way we're going to see this, is that Gwen has had the opportunity to go to Asbury Theological Seminary and to receive a lot of training there. And now that's going to become an offering for us as a church body as Gwen takes on that at-the-table Sunday school class uh, or that, that small group where they're going to discuss things and have a discussion group. And so if you haven't signed up for a small group yet, maybe you're going to want to take the opportunity that will become an offering. And so sign up for that class and be a part of that. I think that would be a great, great thing. The other way that that this happens is that difficulties become diamonds when we surrender our bodies to Christ and they are cleansed and sanctified. Not only do breakthroughs become blessings and opportunities become offerings, but difficulties become diamonds. I've had the opportunity over the last few years to walk alongside and to walk with men who were struggling with the difficulty of pornography addiction. And those difficulties, as they shared those things, as they prayed for one another, as they read things, as they spent time working on these, as they set up accountability measures, those difficulties are moving in to diamonds. They are things that they are beginning to see change in their life, that they're beginning to have something happen in their lives. They're beginning to see some of those breakthroughs that will become blessings, some opportunities, or some offerings that will become opportunities. And these, they're beginning to see that these difficulties can become diamonds. This is a part of what happens when Christ's body offered, sanctifies your body and sends it out into the world. Lastly, your yearnings become yielded. And those things, like we heard John talk about, that he was yearning for, the money and the pride and and all of those kinds of things, those begin when Christ's body sanctifies, cleans you from the inside out, and sets you apart for God's purposes. Your yearnings become yielded. And the most important thing becomes what God is calling you to do. And that is to show that agape love in action. That agape love, that love that is self-sacrificing, that looks like Jesus, that says, here is my body, I am here to do your will. So give me breakthroughs that they might become blessings. Give me opportunities that those might become offerings. Let my difficulties be transformed into diamonds and may the things that I am currently yearning for begin to be yielded to what you are calling me for. The question that we close with then today is, do you long for this to be true? 
do you long for? Whether you understand all of the sacrificial system of Judaism and what the writer of Hebrews is talking about, do you long to experience the Jesus who gave his body so that your body could be cleansed from the inside out and set apart for God's purposes to move agape love into action out into our world? Do you long for your breakthroughs to become blessings for someone else? Do you long for your opportunities to be your offering opportunities to become offerings for someone else? Do you long for your difficulties to be transformed into diamonds for your life and for those around you? Are you willing to let your yearnings become yielded to what he will call you to? That's a good question to wrestle during Advent, and especially in this last week as we move towards the joy of receiving the one who gave his body so that your body could be sanctified and set apart for his purposes. Would you stand for prayer this morning? Father, we're so grateful that it was your will that we might be sanctified through the offering of Jesus that it only happened, had to happen once. And the good news that it is for all of us. God, I pray that the testimony of John and Gwen would be inspiration to begin to wonder, wow, God, if I prayed that prayer, here's my body. I want to do your will. you would come and transform those breakthroughs into blessings those opportunities into offerings that you could take my difficulties and move them into diamonds my yearnings could be yielded for your purpose in the world Jesus I pray right now as we are leading up to the celebration of your birth, that you would place a deep longing on those who are gathered here, on those who are gathered online. I pray that we would experience together the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of your work sanctifying us. Father, help us in this day not to get lost in just the holiday celebration, but to lean in and long for your love to transform us. For we pray this and we ask this in the name of Jesus, our sanctifier. And everyone said, Amen. Would you receive this blessing today? And now... My brothers and sisters here and online, may you, may you know, deeply know, experientially know that Christ has given his body for you.
that you might be transformed inside and out and set apart for his purposes to go and to offer your breakthroughs and your opportunities and your difficulties and your yearnings that he might use them to bless those around you. I pray that you will go in his love and put that self-sacrificing agape love to work in your families, in your homes, in your communities, in your jobs, and yes, even through the Christmas holiday. I pray this blessing in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in his name, go in peace, and put his agape love into action. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us online. We pray that you'll come back at 6 o'clock, and we'll be online as well for our Christmas carols, candles, and communion service. We'll see you then. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.